Well, welcome to Saturday service here at Orchard Church. Let me hear from my party crowd on Saturday night tonight. You guys are quickly becoming my favorite service, so don't tell anybody in the other, other services. It's great to have church on Saturday night. So glad that you guys are here. I know some of you are uh, sp specifically here because you're helping us free up seats on Sunday, uh, especially in the 10 o'clock service, and so thank you for living on mission and joining us on, on Saturday night. We had a lot of fun last Saturday, and I've been looking forward all week to uh, being together again this Saturday. Take out your Bibles tonight or your mobile devices, whichever you choose to use. Turn to John chapter 4. 14 verse 13 where we'll begin in a moment John 14 13 uh, we did this last week I want to do it again tonight I think it really sets the tone and context uh, for this series that we're in so help me out uh, Saturday service nice and loud let's say this together God is good, God is good. All, the time. all the time all the time God is good, God is good. you believe that amen church that, that is so important that we remember that um, to set the tone for this series, Reasonable Doubts, because there are times in our life where we have doubts uh, about God, doubts about our faith, and it's important we remember God is good all the time, and all the time uh, God is good. We're in the second week of our series, Reasonable Doubts, questions we have about God and our faith. As we said last week, it's normal to ask questions of God. Uh, our God is big enough and powerful enough to handle our deepest questions. We looked at a big question last week, probably one of the number one questions people ask why does God allow bad things to happen if you miss that be sure to go to our website orchard.church the message page and you can watch last week's um, message today we're dealing with another big one we've all asked that this at times in our life uh, we've all felt this and the question is this is God even listening is God, I'm, I'm praying, I'm asking God for some things, but he, it doesn't seem like he's listening. It doesn't seem like he's paying attention. We ask it this way sometimes. Why isn't God answering my prayers? If you've ever been there, would you raise your hand? Let's be honest tonight. We've all been there. Uh, maybe you're going through something in your life right now, and you say, you're describing my circumstance, my situation, something I've been praying for, and it doesn't seem like God's paying attention. It doesn't seem like God is, is listening. Why isn't he answering my prayer? I mean, I know that he could answer my prayer, Sometimes we feel like he should answer our prayer, but, but he hasn't. And then you have a verse like this where we're going to start tonight in John chapter 14, verse 13. And here's what Jesus himself said. Jesus said this, you can ask for what, church? Anything. Jesus says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And we have a verse like that that seems like a blank check that we can ask any prayer and God's going to do it. And we see God answering some miraculous prayers as we read through the scriptures. And one day there was a man named Joshua and he asked for God to cause the sun to stand still and God stopped the sun from moving uh, for an entire day. That's a big prayer request. Uh, remember Daniel got thrown into the lion's den and, and Daniel prayed and asked God to put the lion's on a diet while he was in that den and, and God closed and shut the mouth of the lions and he answered that incredible prayer. So, so why is it today that sometimes we pray and we feel like nothing is happening? Is God even listening? And, and I've been there at times in my life and I, I shared 
a story on Easter weekend that I know probably many of you heard where I went back 25 years ago and I told you how I met my wife, Shelly, and now we've been married 25 years. But there's a little more to the story. Uh, I want to expand on it a little bit. About three years before I met Shelly, um, I had been running from God for about six years in my life. I believe God called me into full-time ministry when I was in middle school. I got into high school and I kind of got out of church and I ran from God for about six years. And then God got my attention he knows how to do that and, and got me back into church and back on track to go into ministry. And it was at that time that I realized, okay, I'm going to go into full-time ministry and I'm going to be a pastor one day. So if I'm going to be a pastor, I need a pastor's wife. I need a partner. And so I started praying uh, for a wife, started praying for a wife. Well, actually, the girl that I met that got me back into church, um, we had grown up together in church. And uh, so she met me and she said, hey, let's go to church together. So we went to church together. And we started dating. And so I thought, oh my goodness, God has already answered my prayers this fast. And so I actually asked her to marry me and we got engaged. Now, what you need to know about this story is that uh, my grandparents um, were pretty well off. And when they uh, passed away, they left an heirloom diamond ring to me and an heirloom diamond ring uh, to my sister. And so I was like, man, God is answering my prayers. He's given me a ring. Now I just need the girl. And so I met this girl. She gets me back in church. I asked her to marry me. We got engaged. And we're starting to plan the wedding. And then all of a sudden, she comes to me one day, and she's like, you know, I, I really love you. I care about you. I think you're great. But I don't want to be a pastor's wife. I, don't, I really don't want to be in ministry the rest of my life. And I'm like, okay, well, then we're done. And that was the end of it. And we, we broke off the engagement. And I got the ring back. I'm like, it's an heirloom. I got to have the ring back, okay? And so I was, I was smart enough to do that. And so that was engagement number one. We keep it real here at Orchard. So then I, I thought, man, God didn't answer my prayer. What is going on here? So I started praying again. Okay, if that's not the one, then where is the one? And then I met another girl, and I was going to, to Bible college with her, and she was a daughter of a missionary. She had been in ministry all of her life. They were missionaries in Brazil. She wanted to be married to a pastor. She wanted to do ministry all of her life. And so we started dating, and, man, I had the ring. And so, you know, it seemed like this is the right fit. And so I asked her to marry me. We got engaged. Engaged. Engagement number two, okay? This is a true story. So we get engaged, and I think, man, God has answered my prayer. This is awesome. And then I found out very quickly she was cray-cray. <laughs> she was crazy. And I'm like, okay, yeah, she wants to be a pastor's wife, but I don't want her to be this pastor's wife. This is not going to go well. And so we broke up, got the ring back again. And I thought, man, God, why are you not answering my prayers? This is two engagements. And I was really gun shy at this point. I'm like, I'm not asking anybody else. And then I met Shelly. And Shelly one day said, oh, Doug, would you please marry me? <laughs> you believe that, right? Shouldn't lie in church. And we got engaged, and the third time was a charm, and now we've been married 25 years, and God finally answered my prayers. I finally got it right on the third one. But I remember at times going, man, God, why are you not answering this prayer? This, you know, we laugh about it, you know, now, 25 years later, but at the time, it was tough. And I'm sure some of you can identify with this. You've prayed for things, and you've, you, it seems like God's not answering. God's not listening. Maybe you've prayed for someone who's uh, sick that you care about and that you love, and they're not getting better, or maybe they die, 
And you're like, God, why didn't you answer my prayers? Uh, maybe you're a young couple and you're wanting to start a family and you've been praying that you would conceive a child. And it seems like all your other friends are, you know, they look at each other and they have babies and you, you can't get pregnant. And that's tough. And you're like, why not us? Why is God not answering this prayer? Why can't we start a family? And maybe you're a young person and, and your parents, you know, were struggling in their marriage growing up and they couldn't get along. And you pray, God, please, I pray that they don't get divorced. I pray that they don't get divorced. And then they did get divorced. Maybe it's your marriage that you're asking God to repair and reconcile and try to work things out and it doesn't seem like it's happening. Maybe your kids have gone astray and you're praying for your kids and that they would not make some of the decisions they're making, but they keep making bad decisions. And you're like, God, why are you not answering my prayers? Maybe there's someone in your sphere of influence that you've been praying for for months, for years and years, that they would come to know Jesus Christ in a personal relationship with him like you have. And, it's, and I mean, we would know God would want to answer that prayer, but it doesn't seem like God is answering. Is God even listening? And so I want us to look at this question tonight. Is God even listening? Why isn't God answering my prayers? And I want to give you four biblical possibilities. Um, if you're taking notes on the back of your newsletter, I hope you will. Four biblical possibilities why God at times may not be answering our prayers or may not be answering them the way that we'd like for him to answer them. And here's the first one if you're taking notes. Maybe we have a broken relationship. Maybe God isn't answering our prayers and it seems like God's not listening because maybe we have a broken relationship. And I know what you're thinking. Okay, broken relationship with God? No, I'm talking about a broken relationship with other people. And you're like, what? How, how would my relationship with other people have anything to do with God answering my prayers? As you read through the scriptures, what you're going to find is God is very clear that our horizontal relationships have an effect on our vertical relationship with our heavenly father. If we want a right relationship with God and for him to listen to our prayers, we've got to make sure we're having a right relationship with people down here. Let me give you one example of that. You're in the book of John. Uh, turn with me to the book of Mark. Uh, back to the left a little bit in your Bibles. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. And, and this is Jesus speaking again. And listen to what Jesus says in, in Mark eleven twenty-four 24 about our horizontal relationships affecting our vertical relationship. He says this, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, let's say it together, church, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Do you see it? If you see it, say, I see it. You see what Jesus is saying? Listen, before you come bopping into the throne room of God, making all our requests and giving God our, our list of prayers that we want answered, he said, you gotta make sure you got right relationship with people down here. You gotta make sure that you have forgiven people down here if you want your heavenly father to forgive you. Jesus says, deal with your broken relationship first before you come to me. And I think probably one of the areas where this is most affected that we seldom even talk about is in the marriage relationship. Did you know that your marriage relationship and your relationship with your spouse might be hindering some of your prayers? Everybody just go, uh-oh. All right? I mean, you, we can't come to church, you know, and get, come in and, you know, look like a Christian, act like a Christian, talk like a Christian, polish our halos in here and sing praises to God, and then get in the car and go home and just be ripping into our spouse and thinking God is not paying attention to that because he is. L let me help some of you marriages out. First Peter 3, 7. Peter said it this way. In the same way you, what? Help me out. Husbands, okay, ladies, you should have said that really loud. I'm about to help you out right here, okay? In the same way you 
Husbands, there you are, ladies, must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Watch this. Treat her as you should. Why? So you get what you want? No, no. No. So you have a nice night? No, no. That's not what he says. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. There we go. Somebody got it. Peter is saying what Jesus said, that our horizontal relationships affect our vertical relationship. And it might be possible that some of your prayers are not being answered and it doesn't seem like God's listening because you have a broken relationship down here. Now, you may ask, well, how broken does it have to be? I mean, do I have to be really irritated and ticked off or, you know, just, just a little bit mad? I, I don't know. I, I don't know how broken it has to be, but I know it has an effect. Let me ask you this question. How many of you know someone who claims to be a Christ follower, but the truth is they're a jerk? How many of you know somebody like that, okay? You know some jerk Christians? Okay, don't point at them. I just ask you to raise your hand. Some of you are like, you know, okay. We, we can't be a jerk Christian and treat people any way we want to treat them and expect that God is going to listen to our prayers and answer our prayers. Pa parents, you can understand this, okay? Parents that have kids... I, I remember when my, my kids, my kids now are 20 and 22, but when they were younger, um, they fought like cats and dogs. You say, you mean pastor's kids did that? Yes. All right. And here's, here's a picture. I think we got a picture. These are, this is Caleb and Caitlin when they were about eight and six years old. And, and I remember many times we would, especially we were going on a road trip, and we would get in the car, and they would be in the back seat, and we'd be like, okay, you stay on your side, Caleb. Caitlin, you stay on your side. There's an invisible line in the middle. Don't cross that zone. Don't cross that line. And you know, we're going on the trip, and all of a sudden, he's touching me. She's touching me. He's over on my side. She's over on my side. And I'm like, don't make me turn this car around. Don't make me pull over. I mean, I mean, my pastor side kind of goes out the window when your kids are fighting. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to send your mom back there. And I'm trying to, and I got short arms. And I'm trying to grab somebody, you know, and, and yank something. And, you know, I was like, listen, I brought you into this world. I could take you out. Right, parents? And they're fighting and they're arguing and picking and kicking and all this. Now, here's the good news, parents. They're 20 and 22 now. My son's off in Nebraska. They're best friends. I, I, there is hope, okay? I mean, they talk like, they, they like each other better than they like us now. I don't know what's going on, but they do. And, but I remember when they were fighting and all this kind of stuff, and then we'd, you know, you get in that corner, and you get in that corner, and you, you're grounded for life, you know, stuff you can't really keep, and all this kind of thing. And, and then, all of a sudden, you know, we're driving, and there's McDonald's coming up. Hey, we see McDonald's. Oh, Father, could we go to McDonald's? What am I going to say? No, because you guys cannot get along. You've been fighting like cats and dogs. I'm not going to give you what you want. You think our Heavenly Father might feel the same way about his kids? Absolutely, and that's what it says. So why does God seem like God's not always listening? Why does sometimes God not answer our prayers? Maybe it's because we have a broken relationship that needs to be mended first. Here's a second reason. Maybe we have the wrong motives. Maybe God's not answering our prayers because if we're honest and we're keeping it real, we've got the wrong motives when we pray. James addressed this. In James chapter 4, verse 3, James said, and even when you ask, you don't get it. God doesn't answer because you're, help me out, motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Can anybody say, lottery? 
How many of you bought that lottery ticket? And you're like, oh, in Jesus' name, if I win the lottery, Jesus, I will start tithing. I'll give 20%. I've never tithed a day in my life, but I will now. I'll give you 20%. I will pay off the Orchard Church's new building if I win. The I can't tell you how many of you have told me that. <laughs> Would you put that in writing if it ever happens, Okay. Maybe not the right motives. I was going over this message just today. I was, I was, I was getting ready for tonight. I was kind of going over it. My, my daughter, Caitlin, who's 20, came in, and she's like, Dad, what's your message about tonight? And I said, well, it's about prayer, and, and sometimes God's not answering our prayers. We don't think he's listening. And, and, and she goes, well, what are the points? And I got to this point. I said, sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers because maybe we're praying with the wrong motives. And she goes, oh, I've done that. She goes, I'm guilty of that. When I go, oh, what do you mean? She goes, well, you know, she, my, my daughter works at a, a nursing home, and, and she works with a lot of other employees, and she goes, sometimes, she goes, I feel bad about this, but sometimes I pray for some of my employees that I can't stand, that I don't like working with. I pray that they'll just get sick and get the flu for weeks so I don't have to deal with them. And she goes, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that, Dad. And the reason y'all are laughing is because you guys have done the same thing. And so have I. I'm like, yeah, that's probably not the right motives. Now, you may ask, well, how do I know if I'm praying with the right motives or not? I think only us and God knows that. But, but we can ask God, God, help me to have the right motives when I pray. Proverbs 16.2 says this, people may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. But maybe before we bring all our requests to God and start praying, we should say, God, would you check my motives? God, I, I want to pray with the right motives. Pray according to your will and not mine. Pray about things that will bring you pleasure, not, not me. So why, why is God, does it seem like sometimes God is not listening? Why, why is God not answering our prayers? Maybe we have a broken relationship. Maybe we have the wrong motives. Here's the third one. Maybe we don't believe God will do it. You ever been there? I mean, I, I, mean, I, I want to pray this. I want to have enough faith, but I'm not sure if God will really do it. Faith and belief plays a big factor in our prayers. Now, let me give a little disclaimer here because there's extremes to what I'm going to talk about right now. One extreme would be, man, if you just believe it and you have enough faith, it's, it's kind of called name it and claim it. You know, if I just, you know, believe that God's going to give me that new Porsche, you know, that Ferrari in Jesus' name, he's got to do it. If, you know, if I just believe God's going to give me that girl or that guy or that job or that house and I just tag in Jesus' name, then if I believe it, God's got to do it. And that's called name it and claim it. L listen, we need to understand that God is not our cosmic sugar daddy, bellhop, or Santa Claus. Okay? He's God. I, I, I was talking to somebody one time. Not in this church, in another church uh, that I pastored. And uh, this person came to me in tears after service, and they said, God did not answer my prayers. And I said, well, what were you praying for? Well, I was praying for my grandmother. She was very sick, and I didn't want her to die, and she died. And God did not answer my prayer. And I don't understand why God didn't answer my prayer. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. You know, I, I lost my grandmother. I've lost all my grandparents. And l let me pray for you. And l let me just ask you, you know, how old was your grandmother? 103. <laughs> Last time I checked, the statistics on death are one and one die eventually. And, and, I'm, and I'm like wanting to encourage them. I'm like, you know, God did answer your prayer. God healed her with the ultimate healing. She knows Jesus, she's in heaven now, but she thought, man, if I just believe enough, God's 
going to answer my prayer. Now, now that's one extreme that, you know, just all you got to do is believe, name it, claim it, whatever it is. The, the other extreme is trying to subtract faith and belief from our prayers as if it doesn't matter or doesn't have any kind of effect at all. I want to share a story with you about this and how important belief is when we pray. And you're in Mark uh, chapter 14, I believe there, uh, chapter 11. Go back to Mark chapter 9, verse 22. Mark chapter 9, uh, verse 22. And this is a story about a man who had a son who was possessed by a demon. And he brought the son to the disciples and said, would you please cast out this demon? And the disciples couldn't do it. And then Jesus shows up. And, and watch what happens in this story. In, in Mark chapter 9, verse 22, it says, The Spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Now, this father is talking to who? Jesus. And he's like, man, your disciples couldn't do it, but maybe you can do it, Jesus. You know, if you can. Now, I love Jesus' response. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asks. He's like, um... I'm Jesus. Have you not heard about me? I can do anything. Now watch this. He's, Jesus says this. Anything is possible if a person believes. You've got to have enough belief. You've got to have enough faith. He was questioning whether or not Jesus had the ability and power to answer this. And Jesus is like, I can do anything. But do you believe I can do it? The father instantly cried out, and I love this, the, the human side of this, and we've all been there. I've been there. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Have you ever been there? I, I know that God is big enough to answer my prayer. I know he can do anything, but I have my questions and I have my doubts. Help me overcome my unbelief because our faith matters when we pray. Our faith matters. What we believe and believing that God can answer. And sometimes people say things like this. You know, we've been going through this circumstance. We've been going through this situation. We've done all we can do. And now all we can do is pray. That's the most important thing we can do. Amen? Is pray and believing that we have a God who can do anything. Get it this way in your notes. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Believing that anything is possible with our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have a value here. One of our 11 values at Orchard Church is we pray as if everything depends on God, but we work as if everything depends on us because we believe without the power of God working in the lives, we can't save anybody. Only the Spirit of God can save. Only the Spirit of God can draw people to himself. We do everything we can to present the message and give people an opportunity. But listen, all the lives that are, we're seeing changed here at Orchard Church, they're not in my power. They're not in the staff's power. They're not in your power. They're in God's power. And he can do anything if we believe it. And I think this is so important this Saturday evening. When we take a look at the landscape of America, we're living in some crazy times. I mean, we got all these shootings going on. We, we've got racial tension everywhere. The world is in disarray. We got, you know, Syrians using chemical warfare, and you know, we're responding. And let me just say this, and, and I'm, not, I, I'm not a political guy, and I don't like to make a lot of political statements. This isn't a political statement. This is, I believe, a biblical statement. It's not more picketing, posturing, and finger pointing that we need in America, it's more prayer. It's more prayer. 
believe, yeah, let's celebrate that, amen? Believing that we have a God who is in control of everything. Everything. Second Chronicles 7.14 is a great reminder. It says, then if those people, is that what it says? No, we like to say, boy, if those people would get their heart right, those people would get right with God, if those people would straighten up. No, no, no. God says, if, help me out, church, my people, that's us. That's Jesus' followers. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, quit finger pointing and posturing and picketing, humble themselves and do what, church? Pray. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. I don't know if there's a more important scripture for the world and for the United States right now than that one right there. We need that. And you know, I wanna do something right now. I don't think we should just talk about prayer tonight without praying in a specific way. And I'm gonna do this right now, if you wouldn't mind. If you are a first responder or you are currently serving in our military, would you stand right now? Would you stand and can we just show our appreciation to all of our first responders and currently serving military right now? Stand up, stand up, stand up. Remain standing, remain standing. Amen. Remain standing, remain standing, please. Thank you so, so much for your service to our communities, uh, to our country. Um, you're on the front lines. We couldn't do it without you. And I think what these folks need more than anything right now is our prayer. It's our support and our prayer. And so I want to pray for you right now. Just remain standing, our first responders and, and our currently serving military. And if there are some of those of you that are close by one of these men or women right now and you wouldn't mind, uh, would you just stand up with them and put a hand on them right now? Just put a hand on them. And, and I want to let's all pray for all of our first responders and our currently serving military right now. Let's lift them up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come to you now. And Lord, we believe that you are a God that hears our prayers and that you answer according to your will and your plan. We believe you are in control of all things. Lord, may we humble ourselves and pray more than we do anything else. And we right now pray for these first responders. We pray for our currently serving military. We pray as they are on the front lines, putting their lives on the line each and every day, or when the opportunity arises, we pray for protection for them, we pray for strength and faith in their families, and we also pray that as they're out there in the community, if they're followers of Jesus, that they would have opportunities to point people to you through the mission field that you have given them. But we thank you for them. We pray that you would protect them in every way. Your word says to give honor to whom honor is due, and we honor them in this way this evening. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Hey, let's give him a hand again. You can be seated. Amen. I hope you understand why we did that tonight, and we're going to do that in every service this weekend. That be all right, Orchard Church? Because we don't want to just talk about prayer. We want, we want to pray and believe that God can and will answer our prayers. Why, why isn't God answering our prayers. Why, why does it sometimes seem like God isn't listening? Maybe it's because we have a broken relationship we need to take care of. Maybe we're, at, we're asking with the wrong motives if we're honest. Maybe we don't believe that God will answer. Here's a fourth possibility. Maybe God has something different. Maybe God isn't answering our prayer and it seems like he's not listening because God has something different. And I would say, and I found out in my life, and many of you have as well, that when God has something different, it's better. 
It's better. God's will and God's plan are the most important part and aspect to our prayers. Not my wants, not my desires, but God's will. Get it this way if you're taking notes. Prayer is not about us getting our will done in heaven. It's about having God's will done on earth. It's not, okay, God, I want you to do what I want you to do. No, it's about having God's will and plan done on earth. And when I say on earth, that means in the hearts and lives of his people. And when we're praying and we're asking and sometimes we're believing, you know, surely God is in agreement with me. He may have something different. He may have something better. We must always pray according to God's will, according to God's name. 1 John 5, 14 says it this way. Now, this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything, he hears us. Did I skip anything? Yes, I did. We like to skip this part, according to his will. It says, if we ask anything according to his will. When I read that scripture earlier, when Jesus said, if you ask anything, he always tags onto it, anything in my name, which is another way of saying anything according to God's will. It's not just a blank slate and a blank check that we can ask God for anything that we want and how we want it, and God's got to do it. We have to ask according to God's will and God's plan. He hears us when we ask according to his will. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Because God is always going to answer our prayer request according to his will. According to his plan. And no matter what I think God could do or should do, God may have something different. And I would say God may have something better. Because I have found, as many of you have found, that God's, there's nothing better than being in the center of God's will and plan for your life. The question is, will we trust him enough for his will, not ours, for his plan, not ours? You hear me say this a lot. Will we trust God according to his will even when we cannot trace God? Because God loves you too much to give you something that is against his will and plan for your life. And I'm thankful for that. I believe some of you are thankful for that. Have you ever asked God for something? Have you ever begged God for something and God didn't answer the way you wanted? And then down the road you look back and you go, dodge the bullet. Thank you, God, that you didn't answer the way I want. How many of you have been there before? And you go, man, I'm glad God didn't answer that prayer. Um, two engagements before Shelly. I'm glad God did not answer the prayer until I met Shelly. God had something different. God had something better. God had something way, way, way better than I could have ever imagined. Is Shelly in here listening right now? I just wanna, okay. But you would agree, those of you that know my, my wonderful wife, Shelly, God had something better. 25 years of ministry and family that we've been able to enjoy together that I could have missed if I would have tried to go against God's will and God's plan. And parents, again, let me take it back to parents. You can relate to this. Your kids ever ask you for something and beg and plead and cry for something, but you know it is not good for them? And so you say no, and they don't understand it, and they don't get it. You know, we want to play out in the street. No. It doesn't matter how much you cry. We want to go to the party. Yeah, there's going to be some things there that we shouldn't be doing, but we want to go anyway. No. We want to date this loser. No. I think I'm going to drop out. There we go. I think I'm going to... Drop out of school, you know? Who needs school? No. No matter how much they cry and beg and plead, we love our kids too much to allow them to do something that would hurt them 
or be harmful to them or would not be healthy for them. And our Heavenly Father is the same way. He loves us too much to answer something against his will and plan for our, our life. And maybe you've prayed for, man, your dream house, and you just thought for sure God is going to give us this house. And for whatever reason, God didn't. He had something different. He had something better. Maybe you prayed for this job. Man, this is my dream job. Surely God wants me to have this job. And then God doesn't answer because he's got something different. He's got a better job or different situation or a different relationship. He's got something better. And you know, prayer reminds me that I'm not in control. And I don't want to be in control. Because I've, when I've tried to take control of my life, I've screwed it up every time. I've made a mess of it every time. Prayer reminds me that I'm not in control and it keeps me close to the one who is. And when he doesn't answer the way I would like for him to answer, that means he's got something different. It means he's got something better. Why is God not answering our prayers. Why does it seem like God's not listening? Maybe we have a broken relationship. Maybe we have wrong motives. Maybe we don't, just don't believe God can answer. Or maybe God has something different. And I want to close with this. What should I believe about prayer? What should we believe about prayer? When it, when it seems like God is not listening and God is not answering the way we think that he should. I, I want to quickly close with this story. It's one of my favorite stories. It's in the Old Testament. It's in uh, the book of Daniel. And it's about three teenage guys. And their names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Young parents, if you're looking for original you know, Bible baby names, grab one of those, okay? And these three teenagers were growing up in Babylonian captivity, but they were Jewish. They knew the one true God. And there was a king at that time, and his name was King Nebuchadnezzar, and he was the king of the Babylonian Empire. And one day he came up with this idea, and he built this big golden statue. And he said, everybody, at this appointed time, we're going to play some music, and you got to worship this false idol, this golden statue. He wanted to show his strength and his power. And he said, if anybody doesn't worship this idol, this golden statue, I've got this fiery burning furnace and we're going to throw you in that and you're going to become a crispy critter i added that part <laughs> and so the, the day came and all these people bowed down and they worshiped this false golden statue and golden idol but shadrach meshach and abednego and i love this story teenagers standing up for god they're like nope not us we're not bowing down any false god or any false idols and they said if you don't you're going to be crispy critters they said doesn't matter we're not doing it and I want to read to you this portion of the story when they wouldn't bow down. In Daniel 3.17, they said this, three teenage boys, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. Everybody say, is able. Well, we believe our God can do something about this. He is able. He will rescue us from your power. He's able to do it, and he's going to do it. God's going to answer. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, everybody say, even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't, you got to love this. We want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. When you and I pray, believe this. Number one, I believe God can. I believe God can. Let's say that together, church. I believe God can. Our God is able. With our God, all things are possible. Number two, 
I believe God will. Let's say that together. I believe God will. Let's say them both. I believe God can. I believe God will. But even if he doesn't, I still believe. I still believe. I believe God can. I believe God will. But even if he doesn't, I still believe because our God is able. Let's give him some praise. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight on this Saturday evening, and we all at times need to be reminded of these truths, that we have a God who can answer any of our requests according to your will and your plan. We believe that you will according to your will and your plan. But even if you don't the way we would like, we are still going to believe. We're still going to believe. With heads bowed and eyes closed right now, an attitude of prayer. How many of you are here tonight? You say, man, I, I can relate to this message. I've been praying for someone. I've been praying for something. It seems like God hasn't been listening and God hasn't been, been answering. And I pray that I will embrace the truths of Scripture and believe that God can do anything. And I, I'm going to believe that God may have something different, and I'm going to trust him. I believe God can. I believe God will. But even if he doesn't answer the way I want, I'm still going to believe. How many of you are like that, that I could pray for this evening? You're praying for something. It doesn't seem like God is listening. Lift up your hands nice and high all across the auditorium. Can I pray for you? Amen. God bless you. Hands are everywhere. Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray for all those that are going through challenges, difficulties, unanswered prayers times in their life right now where they've been begging you for something and it doesn't seem like you're listening, I pray that they would embrace the truths of Scripture this evening. That you can answer, that you will answer in your time, in your way, and that even if you don't, that they'll still believe, that they'll still trust, that they'll still follow, that they'll wait on your timing. Lord, we know you always answer our prayers. Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. You love us too much. Sometimes it's not yet. May we have the right attitude when it comes to our prayers. So we continue right now with heads bowed, eyes closed, and attitude of prayer. You may be here this Saturday evening, and you don't feel like God is listening to your prayers. And... Not a lot of people will tell you this, but this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that until we have a personal relationship with Jesus and he's removed our sins, he doesn't hear our prayers. The first prayer and most important prayer that God wants to answer is when you invite him into your life as Lord and Savior. And maybe God hasn't been listening and God hasn't been answering because he's waiting for you to pray that prayer, a prayer of faith to invite Jesus into your life. And there may be some of you here tonight that God's been waiting your whole life for you to make that decision. And once you do, it's going to open up the floodgate of God listening and answering according to his will, prayers in your life. If that's you tonight, you know who you are, if, if that might be you. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. One of the ways we call on the Lord is through our prayer. 
And I'm going to pray a prayer out loud in just a moment. I'm going to invite some of you to pray this prayer with me. If you've never prayed the prayer of faith to invite Jesus into your life. Now, let me tell you, this isn't a magic prayer, and these aren't magic words. It's not the words of the prayer that save us and forgive our sins. It's our faith, the decision we make in our heart. Prayer is just simply a way to express that faith and belief. And if that's you this Saturday evening and it's time for you to say yes to Jesus, I invite you to pray this prayer from your heart to God's right now. And it goes like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me to pay for my sins. I'm saying yes to you, Jesus. Yes, be my Lord. Yes, be my Savior. I want to know you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and allowing me to be a part of your family. Thank you. Thank you. So we continue an attitude of prayer with heads bowed, nice closed, nobody looking around for a moment. I don't want to embarrass anybody tonight. I, I wouldn't want to do that. But if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, that is the most important decision you could ever make in all of your life. We take that very seriously here at Orchard Church. Our mission is to help people find and then follow Jesus. If you prayed that prayer without anyone else looking around, I'm going to count to three, and then I'm going to ask you, if you prayed that prayer, would you just slip up your hand because I want to pray for you that you would just grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus from this day forward. One, two, three. Lift up your hands nice and high. God bless you, ma'am, right down here. God bless you over there. Yes, God bless you. Over here, yes, God bless you. I see your hand in the back. God bless you over here. Amen. Over here on my right, I saw two or three hands over here. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Church family, let's just pray for all those that have said yes to Jesus this evening. Father, we come to you. We just lift up all those who've invited you into their life, that have prayed that prayer of faith from their heart. And we welcome them to the family of God as our brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray that they may grow in their walk and relationship with you from this day forward. And we thank you that you are a God who is able, that you can and that you will. But even when you don't the way we want, we will still believe in our great God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's celebrate those saying yes to Jesus tonight on this Saturday evening. Amen. If you raised your hand and you said yes to Jesus and you just prayed that prayer, again, that's the most important decision you could ever make. Um, we don't want to just help you find Jesus. We want you to, to help you to follow Jesus in your walk with him. And so we put together a little booklet we'd like to give to you free uh, before you leave tonight so you can understand the decision you've made and like what's your next steps in getting to know Jesus better and walking with him. So before you leave tonight, stop by our I Said Yes booth right there in the lobby and pick this book up. And one more time, let's just celebrate big time Saturday night, all those saying yes to Jesus. Thanks, Pastor. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor Doug. Another great message on the topic of prayer. And I don't know if you know this or not, church, but uh, we have an awesome prayer team here at Orchard Church. And so please feel free to utilize your connection card anytime that you need prayer. Go ahead and mark that on your connection card, and you can know that we will be praying for you throughout the week because we know that through God that God can, God will, and we believe in the power of prayer. Amen, church? Amen. Hey, uh, next week, uh, don't forget, make sure you come on back. We're going to be continuing our series. We're actually going to be looking at the question, 
Where is God? And I know many times in our lives, um, maybe we're just kind of going through the motions, we don't feel the presence of God. And so we're going to be talking about that next week. Make sure you come back. First time guests, make sure you come back um, for that series as well. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today. Hopefully you've taken the time to fill out your connection card. Um, Please place that in the offering bucket as it passes by. That way we can send you a thank you note and a free gift in the mail. Uh, First time guests, please don't feel obligated to have to give tonight. Uh, We just want to get to know you. And so uh, please do that so that way we can go ahead and follow up with you. That would be awesome. Um, At this time, I'm going to go ahead and ask everybody to please stand as we close in a song of worship, and we worship also through our tithes and offering. And once again, just that reminder, if you said yes to Jesus today, please make your way right now to the foyer to go ahead and get one of these booklets. Thank you so much, church. We love you guys.